Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, no, let's try that again. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. That is a little better. That's uh, a little more appropriate for being in the house of God. Don't you agree? Yes. All right. Well, let's start this morning. We're going to start our service with a song, as we always do. Uh, welcome, everybody. The lyrics to the song will be up on the screen. If you guys would like to rise and sing with us, we're going to sing that there's power in the blood. Let's have a little energy this morning. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be wider, much wider than snow? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Sin's days are lost in its life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Once you do service for Jesus, your King, there's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the One more time. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. And give God the glory. If you didn't know it, there is power in the blood of the Lamb. If you hear nothing else this morning, acknowledge that. And the only power, the only name given us worthy of praise is Jesus Christ. And He is the Lamb and it's by His blood that you can be saved. If you're here this morning you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, you are missing out on the greatest gift that has ever been given to mankind. The peace of Christ. And I pray you'll make a decision to change that today if that's where you're at. Amen. Well, it's good seeing everybody this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I praise God for each one of you that are here today. And guys, just keep looking up and let's keep praising Him. Father God, I come before you this morning. Thank you for this opportunity we have to share 
one with another, both in worship and song and word. The Sunday school has been great this morning. Um, Father, I, the young lady that came to me and said how, how blessed and welcome she feels here, Lord, thank you for that testimony. Thank you for who you are. For as we just sang, there is power in the blood, and it's by the blood of Jesus Christ we can do all things. So, Father, I pray again, your anointing to be poured out upon us, and may we all leave out of here this day, not just saying we went to church, but that we have acknowledged the power in the blood, your saving grace, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 It's good seeing everybody. Also, before you walk around a second, let me just share with you too, if you did not know Barry Mason, his mom uh, last night had a stroke, and they found her, and they got her to the hospital. She's still in the hospital. They gave her meds up, but they ended up putting a catheter. It broke up a blood clot in her brain, and she is speaking and doing better today, but she is in the hospital, and I told Barry that we would throw that out there, and we need to be in prayer for her and that family as well. Amen? Actually, let's go to the Lord one more time real quick. Father, I do lift up Barry, who's always here, and I, his wife's here today. I just pray that you just bring peace upon the family. Let them know that though she's in that hospital and there with doctors and nurses, that you're not only God here, you're God there as well. May they feel your grace, your mercy, your peace, and let Patty just feel your presence as you heal her body, Lord. And I just pray your will to be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Walk around a second, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug. Just tell them it's good to see them in God's house this morning. Let love explode and bring the dead to life. The lost soul to free the revolution. 
your blood pumping there's something wrong maybe we need to take you to the cardiologist as well amen (laughs) spiritual cardiologist you know yesterday I was looking at the announcements I said finally I'm going to get up there and there's not any announcements well that was changed for me this morning as others came up with announcements to share with you guys but first before I turn it over uh, I just want to acknowledge not thank you first of all for all you folks have been coming up and telling me happy birthday it was a, a great birthday amen thank you I had a great birthday yesterday, just riding a motorcycle all day up in the hill country. It was a wonderful day, and the eating. I did too much of that. Uh, it had a great day, but I heard Miss Maggie, it's your birthday today, uh, this week as well. The first, the first, okay. Well, happy birthday, Miss Maggie. Amen. Sherry had something she wanted to share with you guys this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Ladies retreat sign-up sheets, and they are not very full at all. It's getting close to time for the cutoff on these. Uh, We have two coming up. The details are in your bulletin. I think they're on a pink slip, right, Wendy? Uh, Wendy will have um, these sign-up sheets afterwards, but they do fall back-to-back in September. And sorry about that, but that's just the way they fell. However, we were blessed with some funds that could help us along with these. So if you would like to go to either one of these, come talk to me or Wendy. We only have uh, 12 more slots to go see Beth Moore, and that is going to be an awesome night in Austin on September the 6th and 7th, I believe. The sec- It's after this one, yeah. But anyways, this one's in Austin, and the Women of Joy, it's a little more expensive, but it's two nights in a hotel and three days of the conference. So really want to get everybody that can sign up. We have the hotels already reserved and blocked, but we have to cancel the ones that we're not going to use by September, August the 1st. So we need to, we've, we're going to have to make the cutoff on this really soon. So y'all need to go ahead and get signed up for this as soon as possible. All right? Amen. And obviously, I have never been to the Women of Joy, though I did drive a bus once. But I know the ladies come back incredibly refreshed and energized by what God has shared through the ladies. And 
always have a lot to say in things that God has done there. So I want to encourage you ladies, give it Sherry or, or Wendy and make sure that if you would like to go, uh, maybe you're saying, well, I'm not sure if I can afford it. Get with them and let's talk about that and see if you can go and be blessed. The, the announcement I was going to point out, you have many announcements in your bulletin, but the one thing I was going to point out is the Alta Frio Masters Camp, Youth Camp is coming up. If you are interested in helping to sponsor a youth to go to camp, there are some youth that would like to go that's having a hard time with the funds. If you're interested in sponsoring a youth, please get with Chris and let him know about that. And also, too, there's shirts out on the welcome desk that the youth have been selling for fundraisers to help pay for camps as well. If you're interested in getting one of the Sutherland Springs t-shirts to help the youth send some of the kids to camp that couldn't make it also. Now, before I call Daryl up, David said he wanted to share something quickly also. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Morning. So, uh, well, first, let me apologize before I say it. You know, uh, going fishing for men here. (laughs) I couldn't keep a straight face. I was about to say those those women conferences. You know, women need that churching. They really do. Anyway, that said, that's why I always get myself in trouble, because I make remarks like that. <laughs> yes. Okay, so actually what I'm here for is this. It, came, it was brought to my attention, and I, and I kind of felt it also on Thursdays. Who makes our Thursday class here? I know there's a few people here. Well, start coming on Thursdays, if you could. We have a young adult class, the children's classes, and then you get to hear me teach and preach a little bit, go over a... A Bible study. Now that said, after that is over at 8 o'clock, 8.05, if Wendy's here, it's 8.15. If after that's over, a lot of times a couple, three or four of us sit and play cards. And you know, I've kind of had a feeling that uh, we're in a Baptist house playing five card stud for money. I mean, I know that's not right. No, no, we're not. We're playing games like hand and foot and five crowns and just some different games and sometimes dominoes. But I've kind of noticed that maybe that doesn't look good. And I said, you know what? Why don't we, and I've got three full decks of cards and many others. So I'm going to bring cards on Thursday and leave them here at the church. And after church on Thursday, we can get together. I appreciate if we could get together and play some different games, fellowship, enjoy each other. It's just for fun. And, 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 and as I talk on that line right there... Uh, I am competitive. I am the best hand and foot player here. When I'm his partner. And I am absolutely the best 42 player. Now, if someone here doesn't believe that, we could have some challenges. My partner is Bobby Wilkerson. Where's he at? He's not here today. Well, that's my partner. So in 42. Anyway, come join us on Thursdays. I want you to feel at home. We want you to feel at home. Come, come join us with some games of cards. Stay 30 minutes, an hour later, or whatever. So, you know, sometimes it's hard to even want to leave this place, and I am truly that person that doesn't really want to leave. So God bless you, and thank you. Before we proceed, I feel as though we need to pray over this pulpit that was lied at so heavily. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Amen. Chris, you wanted to say something? Yeah, there we go. Thank you. 
Uh, isn't hand and foot like a disease? <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, um, so speaking of the Women of Joy Conference, the, the guy that comes and leads worship for the, the Women of Joy Conference, he's a nationally renowned uh, Grammy-winning recording artist and, and worship leader. His name is uh, Charles Billingsley. Um, he is lovingly offered to bless our church with a concert Uh, And that's going to be September 8th. It's a Sunday night at 6 p.m. Some of you guys are already aware of this because I see that you've signed up. So what we've done, it's a free concert. He doesn't want to charge anybody for this, but we obviously have limited capacity for the number of people that we can fit in here. So what we've done on Facebook is we've set up uh, a reservation system that you can go in and reserve a number of spots uh, to come to this, this concert, this worship event. So um, if you're interested in that and you want to know how to do it, I'd, I'd be glad to show you after church. I can show you how to reserve your spots so that we have you reserved so that you, you can be here. If you don't have Facebook, then we'll find another way to have your spots reserved or we'll get you in with somebody else that does have Facebook. So that, that way we know how many people are coming and how many people we need to plan for. Amen. And if you're not familiar with Charles Billings, he used to be the worship leader for David, Dr. David Jeremiah. And he's an incredible worship leader, incredible musician. I've heard him several times. I hope you can come and be blessed and be a part of that. All right, that's enough announcements this morning. Come on up, Daryl. You've been patiently waiting back there for all the hooligans to get done. (laughs) Let me pray with you, brother. Father God, I do lift up my brother to you. And I just thank you, Lord, that you are have chosen to speak through him this day, Lord. Father, I just thank you for his willingness, his obedience, and his desire to open the scripture for a scripture reading and to share with us what you've laid on his heart. May we not hear Daryl, but may we hear you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Frank. Morning, church. Good day in the house of the Lord, right? Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit this morning about consistently and worshiping the Lord. Uh, seems like we a lot of us get into a bad habit of coming to church on Sundays and during the week just leaving at home. You know, that's not our responsibility. It's to take him with us wherever we go and let other people know how good he is for us, how good he is to us. So, uh, and uh, I'm bad about it, so I have a couple little tricks that I do that I try to keep him here and keep him here, you know, throughout the week. Uh, But as Paul said in uh, Romans, all right, it's uh, Romans 7 and 18, you know, if y'all want to go there. He said, uh, I know there's nothing good in me that is in my flesh, for I want to do good, but I do not. If you don't take the Lord with you throughout the week, then you're not doing your good, you know, so... uh, so I have a little trick. Uh, Morgan, if you would. Oh, she's quick. This is my refrigerator. I've shared this with y'all before. Uh, it's my refrigerator. My table, uh, eating table sits right in front of us. So every morning I sit down and eat breakfast. It's right there in my face and I read these two scriptures. And I take them with me every day. And I even have them wrote down on the pad at work. I get at work, you know, life, you gotta deal with life. Life gets in the way. You get frustrated. You know, you forget. Sometimes God just seems to just slip away. You know, if you don't think about him, you know, you can't share him. So uh, 
So the first one is Colossians. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for man. Everything you do, do like you're doing it for God. You know, do it to the best of your knowledge. All right, and Psalms 51.10, to create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. If you'll read that scripture every morning and take that with you, and over and over and over in your brain during the day, then uh, you can't go wrong. So uh, I just, we need to, as Christians, we need to uh, have God with us only other days itself for just Sundays. You know, we need to have him in our heart and our minds 24-7. If you're awake, you know, you need to just con- consistently think and pray. Go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come for you this morning, uh, asking you to help each and every one of us to keep you on in our mind and in our hearts, Lord. And uh, may we take you with us during the week and share with others so others can know the love and the joy and the peace that you give each one of us. And uh, just know and maybe come to the Lord and just get that feeling of of uh, of. God, you being with them all the time. It's a feeling like none other. And uh, just, you know, as Christians, that's something that we need to do. We need to share your word and uh, just let people know what a good thing we have. And they more than likely they'll want it too. And we pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Um. Before we get back to worshiping, uh, one other thing I forgot to mention, uh, youth, if you are planning on going to Master's Camp, um, try to be here on Thursday night so we can get you signed up. We need your sign-up information and all that good stuff. So try to be here Thursday night, or if you can't be here, or if you know somebody who wants to go to Master's Camp who can't be here Thursday night, get a hold of me, and we'll figure out a way to get you signed up. Cool. All right. Um, Yeah, back to the music this morning. If you guys want to rise and sing with us. Uh, we've got a, an interesting selection of songs this morning. You know, sometimes they're all kind of sounding similar. Sometimes they sound very different. And this morning, they're, they're all very different. Sometimes we experience a wide range of emotions and things as, you know, as we go through our weeks and lives as Christians. So hopefully one of these songs will speak to you. Not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. You are God alone from before time began. You are on your throne. You are God alone. And right now, in the good times and bad. 
Lifting me up from the ground Love is a power Where my freedom song is found There ain't no grave Gonna hold my body down There ain't no the ground there ain't no
And he went on down to hell He took back every key He rose up like a lion And he set another captives free There ain't no
die in vain because you can sing that song. Chris didn't give up his legs in vain because your family can sing the song. And there are so many salvations. There have been so many good things. It's so hard to say God brought good, but this song just proved it. This song just nailed it down to me. Yes, we miss them all, but if it wasn't for that day, Miss Maggie, Julie, Morgan, all of you survivors, it's not in vain because so much good has come. For I spoke a word you were singing over me. You've been so, so good to me. For I took a breath, you breathed your life. so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, finds till I'm found, leaves the ninety-nine. I couldn't You've been 
Praise God for you guys leading us in worship this morning. Amen. Give God the glory. Hallelujah. It's always hard to get up here and follow after them. Because I know you're in a, a position of worship, and you're worshiping the Lord, and now I get to come up and be the, da the totalitarian part of it. No. Amen. No, it's always great to open God's Word. And this morning, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Actually... 
If you have a pencil, we're going to probably go through quite a few scriptures. I left those on your keyboard, Morgan, the ones I thought I might use. I don't know if you got them, but quite a few scriptures to go back and look at today because I want to make sure we grab a picture of, of what I'm trying to point forward today. I want to start off this morning sharing a quick brief story about a missionary. Her name was Marie Monson. She was born in Skindlevik, Norway in 18, six, uh, excuse me, 1878. She was a missionary to North and Central China from 1901 to 1932. And, and being a Norwegian missionary, she, she had some trials and issues, but she, as she was there, she was sharing the gospel and she had been able to put together this enclave, if you will, where, where widows and children and somewhat of an orphanage and this, this building was full of women and children. One night, bandits came and surrounded the enclave and was terrorizing the city. Now, there's hundreds of women and children in here, and she's being plagued by questions from them and of, by herself as well. What am I going to do? What are we going to do when the rioters, when the looters come in here? What are we going to do when they break down these walls? How and why aren't, isn't your God stepping up? How can we trust in the promises when all this is going on around us? What are we going to do when they break through those front doors into here? And she writes in her, in her, in her autobiography, but she writes to the prayer that she lifted to the Lord right then. She said, Lord, I have been teaching these people your promises and teaching them your precepts and, and how true you are, that you will forever answer your promises, that you will always fulfill your promises. But Lord, if you don't fulfill them tonight, my mouth will be closed forever and I will have to go home for these people need you desperately this night. And she went on throughout the night just ministering uh, to the frightened refugees, ministering and encouraging them to continue to focus on the promises of the, of, Lord, of the God and to continue praying and to continue seeking out his protection throughout the night. Well, as, as it goes, she went through the entire evening and the sun started to come up and the, and the mobs broke and went away. Now, horrible things happened outside the compound. The horrible things happened all throughout that city, but the bandits never once came into the enclave. Never once did they come in. And that next morning, three different families came, and they said, we want to know who those people are that was watching over your house. There was four people up there on your roof. Three were sitting down, and one was standing up. And they were, they were there. And she said, there was no one on top of the roof. We were scared. We were locked inside. We were huddled together in prayer. No one went up on our roof. And they wouldn't believe them. And they said, we saw them with our own eyes. Three sitting down and one standing, looking out upon the, the, the rioting that was going on. And, and they never moved. They just looked out like daring people to come in. And she realized, and she shared with them right then, she said that that... that even in this modern era, now this was in 1928, but she said, even in this modern age, God still sends his angels to protect his children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, you may remember the verse when Jesus is speaking. He says, see that you despise none of these little ones, for I tell you, their angels in heaven are continually in the presence of my Father in heaven. Hallelujah. Folks, angels do exist. We've been studying angels on Sunday night. And, and angels is not something that I've ever preached about on a Sunday morning. And it's not some, a topic you would think that you would bring up on Sunday morning. 
But maybe because we're studying angels on Sunday nights or, or, or the events that's happened this past week brought it to my mind. But we need to recognize and realize angels do exist. Jesus certainly believed in angels. He spoke of angels either himself or through the apostles in the New Testament 184 times. If Jesus spoke of the angels and, and, and acknowledged the angels and, and, and presented the thoughts and the ideas of the angels, then why wouldn't we? Especially when we think about in Ephesians 6, it says that it's our, our problems are not the battles between flesh and blood, but the principalities of the good and evil, the spirits in the world around us. There is a battle that rages around us all the time. And folks, I would submit to you this morning that those angels that are fighting that battle are fighting on our behalf. And there are those who are fighting against us as well. The angels are real. Now, I can't help but wonder what comes to our mind when we think of angels. We, uh, some of us may think of the, the little like Father Christmas angel that you put up on top of your Christmas tree to make it look good. Some of us may think about the, the angelic chorus that came and announced Jesus' birth. And that had to be an incredible thing. Can you imagine being a shepherd out on the, the fields and all of a sudden having this angelic chorus? As awesome as our praise team sounded here this morning, that, that still probably can't hold a candle to that angelic chorus that day on that field. Or maybe you, you know your Bible a little bit deeper and you think of the angel that came to Joseph and and spoke to Joseph to grab up his family and the baby Jesus and, and flee because Herod was coming. However you picture the angels, there's two things that well, I want to make sure. One, Hollywood does not know what they look like. Don't go with the Hollywood representation. But the other one is, I doubt most of us ever think of angels personally. I don't think we think about angels being around us and affecting us. That, that they really have any kind of... Uh, change in our trajectory of our life but yet if they were able to to have a such a profound effect on Jesus when he was on this earth why wouldn't they have an effect on us as well I believe the angels not only exist I don't but I, I not only believe that they can have a profound effect on our lives but I think we need to be careful about just which angels we may be listening to as well see the scripture speaks when it talks about angels, there, there are many different angels. We've been studying them on Sunday nights, like I said. There's only three that's given to us by name. Now, they're mentioned over 300 times in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. The angels are all throughout there. But who and what are they? In Billy Graham's book, very, very uniquely titled, Angels. That's all there is to the title. But Billy Graham says angels are created spirit beings who can become visible when necessary doing the will of God and, and, to, and to help regenerate man. In other words, angels were created by God to do his bidding and to lift man up, to regenerate man, to help us be what we are supposed to be. And I agree with Dr. Graham here, Billy Graham. I, I feel as though the angels were not only were created by God, they do his bidding and he bids them to take care of us, to guide us. Now, not in salvation, now, before I go any further, I want to make sure to touch on something here. There are those who feel as though they can pray to a specific saint and or angel, and that's going to get them into heaven. That's not true. The only one that can ever wash us and cleanse us and get us into heaven is Jesus Christ. 
For the wages of sin is death, and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And there is no remission of sins without the shedding of the blood, as we sang about a little bit earlier. And when Christ gave up his holy throne to come down and take on the body of a man and shed that sacrificial blood once and for all, that's the only way into heaven. In fact, flip over to Hebrews. If you go over to Hebrews chapter 2, notice what it says in chapter 2, verse 5. For he was not subjected to the angels, the, excuse me, for he has not subjected to angels the world to come that we are talking about, but one has somewhere testified. What is man that you remember him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him lower than the angels for a short time. You crowned him with glory and honor and subjected everything under his feet, for in subjecting everything to him, he has left nothing to subject to him. As it is, we do not yet see everything subjected unto him but we do see jesus made lower than the angels for a short time so that by god's grace he might taste death for everyone crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of that death jesus christ is the only one that can get us into heaven he was never created he is in the beginning the everlasting to everlasting he is not an angel he is the messiah he is the savior I'm not talking about Jesus when I'm talking about angels. But there are those angels who have been created. There are those who Christ has named. There are those who are real. Christ is not an angel. He is the creator, not the created. But there are angels who have been created. We have some names. We know Michael, the archangel Michael, the the valiant warrior we see in the book of Daniel. We know Gabriel who was the angel who come and several times made his presence known and one time announcing the birth of Jesus. Interestingly, in the name Michael, in the name Gabriel, is El. El El is the Hebrew word for God. So it's kind of like El Shaddai. El is the the Hebrew word that means God. So when you say Gabriel, it's actually a, a, a Hebrew meaning, which is God is my strength. When you say Michael, it is who is like God. Even in our word angel, we're saying messenger of God, if you translate it back to the Hebrew. Those were the godly angels. But folks, there are not just godly angels, there's ungodly ones. The one that's mentioned that we don't, that does not have the Hebrew name for El within the name, is Lucifer. And Lucifer... Uh, we, we can also see in the scriptures called the angel of light. We would know it as Satan. He is the one that, that tends to try to influence us primarily away from God. Now, these three angels do exist. These three angels are spoken of in the scriptures. These three angels are mentioned quite fluently. But I want us to look at Ezekiel chapter 28 as we think about Lucifer. In Ezekiel chapter 28, starting in verse 12. Ezekiel 28, starting, let's go back to verse 11. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, lament for the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the Lord God says. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every kind of precious stone covered you, carnelian, topaz and diamond, beryl, onyx and jasper, sapphire and turquoise and emerald. Your mountings and settings were crafted in gold. They were prepared on the day you were created. You were an anointed guardian cherub, for I had appointed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked amongst the fiery stones. From the day you were created, you were blameless in your ways until wickedness was found in you. 
Through the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I expelled you in disgrace from the mountain of God and banished you, guardian cherub, from amongst the fiery stones. Your heart became proud because of your beauty. For the sake of your splendor, you corrupted your wisdom. So I threw you down to the earth and I made a spectacle of you before kings. Turn to Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 14, starting in verse 12. Shining morning star, how you have fallen from the heavens. You destroyer of nations. You have been cut down to the ground. You said to yourself, I will ascend to the heavens. I will set up my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mouth of God's assembly in the remotest parts of the north. I will ascend above the highest clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But in reality, you will be brought down to Sheol in the deepest regions of the pit. When you look at the writings here, when you look at what it says about Lucifer, when you look at what the scriptures have pointed out of who he was, we see very clearly that it was pride that brought Satan down. It was pride that brought Lucifer down. And it's a very stark reminder of you and I what happens if we allow ourselves to be encompassed by pride. Now you may say, Pastor, we've, you've preached on pride before. We, we're not a prideful people. We don't get locked into these prideful ideas. We know what it means to have pride. Well, the, the thing that come to mind this week, things that have kind of shown themselves here and there, is something that I want to make sure that we latch a hold of. Because as we acknowledge that there is a battle that's raging around us between the principalities of good and evil, that battle is raging and we can be pulled one direction or the other however we let ourselves slip into a position. And I'm trying to say this morning, there are many a Christian who I feel as though has fallen from grace through pride. You see, Lucifer, he wanted supreme authority. He thought he knew better how to, how to run things. He wanted everything to run his way. He wanted everything to go the way he thought it should go. I'm all powerful. I have all this beauty. I've got all these things going for me. I am the most wise. I am the most decadent. I am the most beautiful. And when he was watching God work, he, he, he was getting upset. He's like, why in the world are you lavishing so much on those people? Why are you lavishing on humans? Why do you have this plan set out before you? Why do you do all these things? And he had it in his mind. I don't like the way God's doing this. I feel as though I can do better. And therefore, he goes back to the other angels and he starts causing dissension in heaven and starts stirring up trouble in heaven and decides, I'm going to try to take out the leadership of heaven. I'm going to set my throne up above God's and I will be the God. But God saw his heart. And God revealed it to us when he says there in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13, it says, I will ascend into heaven, Satan says. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. God's making sure we understand that, J that Satan did not like the way God was doing things, and therefore he's going to come in and change it up. Now, even after he's thrown out of heaven, he still thinks, I can corrupt God's plan. In Luke chapter 4, he goes to these temptations with Jesus. Notice what it says. Then Jesus returned from the Jordan full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. For 40 days, he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And when they were over, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. So we see Satan already saying, okay, I was thrown out, but I can still thwart your plans. I still know what's better. And I know how to tempt Jesus to bring him down. But Jesus answered him, it is written, man must not live by bread alone. 
So he took him up, showed him all the kingdoms in the world in a moment at a time, and the devil said to him, I will give you this splendor and all this authority because it's been given over to me and I can give it to anyone I want. If you then will worship me, all will be yours. And Jesus answers him, as it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So he took him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you. And they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is said, do not test the Lord thy God. Folks, the gist of what I'm trying to share this morning. Well, I feel as though that God's laid on my heart this morning for all of us to be able to learn from and to, to take and, and, and try, try to put it into focus on who we are and what we are in our life is this. The danger that we as Christians, the trap that Christians tend to step into so often, we get so engrossed in doing God's work We get so caught up in performing the ministry of the Lord. We get so caught up in whatever uh, uh, program that we may be in. We get so caught up in our worship. We get so caught up in just being in church on Sundays and, and midweek services that sometimes, I'm afraid, we lose focus on the fact that we are to be servants of God. We get so caught up on the program. We get so caught up on the worship or whatever it may be that we start taking it as our program and what we want it to be. When in reality, the angels have been called to do the things of God for God and his kingdom. And you and I are the same way. We have been called to do the things of God for God and for his kingdom. It's not about me. No matter how great the endeavor may be, no matter how noble the program may be, if we have taken any, any of that and made it into our program rather than his program, we're wrong. We can so easily slip into thinking that this is our church. Not in the sense that we belong to a church under God. We do belong. We are one body and we are blessed to be able to worship and sing and praise God and study and, and learn and pray together. We are, this is our church under God. But when we start thinking that we rule over the church, we're wrong. Every one of us, this is not our house. This is not my house. This is God's house, period. This is his ministry. This is his directives that's being laid out here. When we start thinking that things should be done my way, regardless of what people in prayer are saying, regardless of what God is showing, this is the way it's always been. When we start looking at this is my chair, I've sat there ever since that chair's been placed there. How dare they sit in my chair? Oh, that's my parking spot. How dare they steal my parking spot? How dare they come up and and, and that's my building right there. Folks, that chair, that parking spot, that building, those are God's. My pulpit, I can't tell you how many pastors I've heard say, well, that's my pulpit, I will decide this, that, or the other. This is not my pulpit, this is God's pulpit. Amen. This is not my church, this is not my building, this is not my pulpit. These are all God's and he's allowed me to come and be a part of them. When we start, we may not use those words, but when we are thinking in our mind, that's my chair. I can't believe they sat in my chair. And you might not even hear a song because you're still looking at the chair. (laughs) 
Oh, that's my parking spot. And you're sitting here and there's praise music and everything. You're thinking, I've got to walk three more steps to the next parking spot. How dare they? We laugh, guys, but that's what happens. When we start thinking in our minds, how dare they change things? Or how dare they sit in my chair? How dare they take that parking? How dare they change that book around over here? Folks, when we are getting angry because things are not going the way that we want them to go in God's house, what was Satan doing when it wasn't going the way that he wanted to go in that house? We are aligning ourselves and allowing the angels around us to pull us in a direction that is prideful and we don't even really acknowledge and recognize it. He is not called the, 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 the master of deceit for no reason. He can dis- deceitfully just gently steer us away. When we start thinking those things, when we start getting angry because it's not going our way, we're the ones in the wrong. When we begin to start dictating to God how things should be, rather than listening and doing what God's telling us to do, we're the ones that's in the wrong. Starting to sound a little prideful. When, When we are guilty of saying, this is my chair, that's my bathroom, that's my this, my whatever, that's my class, my, 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 there is no God in my. It's His. And we need to be careful and remember that it is God who sits on the throne of our lives. It is God who sits on the throne of my church. It is God who is the great choreographer. When I realize that he is the one who is in control, that this is his pulpit, his church, his chairs, his ministry, when I put it all into his hands, I can have peace because then I recognize and realize he's in control, not me. Now, I may want things to go a little differently. I may want things to go this way or that. But at the end of the day, if I've done to the best of my ability what God's called me to do, I can go to sleep at night and know that, God, this didn't catch you by surprise. This didn't catch you off guard. This wasn't something you didn't foresee. These people and those things, they didn't just pop up and you say, oh, where'd that come from? No, I can trust in the fact that I can have peace in the presence of God because the presence of God is what brings peace. I had a very wise pastor tell me many years ago and he's gone on to be with the Lord now and I wish I could over these many years I wish I could talk to him so many times but I remember what he said very early in my in fact I wasn't even a pastor yet I was working with youth but he looked at me and said Frank never forget God does not need you to work in his church he allows you to work in his church never take over leadership from God Because if you take over leadership of a pulpit, you're going to miss his direction, and the pulpit goes the wrong direction. Never take over the leadership from God. Folks, God does not need any one of us to keep this church going. He allows us to be a part of his ministry. He allows us to pray for one another. He allows us to teach and be a part of Sunday school. He allows us to come up and sing. He allows us to mow the yard and move the chairs and park here or park there. Praise God, we don't have, he doesn't have to have us. He's not dependent and saying, oh, I hope Frank don't step down from the pulpit today. I can do, I can kick my little two-year-old fit and scream loud as I want to and praise God, he'll still love me, but I should expect a boot in the backside as well. Because he loves me. This isn't my house, it's God's house. This isn't my chair, it's God's chair. If you come and sit by Sherry, I'll just get Sherry and move her over here. Guys, we get prideful when we start thinking about things as, it's mine. 
the holy angels, Michael and Gabriel, they served God and still serve God. The, the, the other biblical revealed angels, the cherubim and the seraphim, they still serve God. If Michael and Gabriel and many more, we don't know their names, and the cherubim and the seraphim are still serving God, then why wouldn't it make sense that as Christians, we have been called to serve God as well, and it's not ourselves. It's not my program, it's God's program. It's not the Baptist Vacation Bible School, it's God's Vacation Bible School. It's not the Baptist Sunday school lessons. It's God's Sunday school lessons. It's not my class. It's his class. Folks, God has called us to be one body. And the angels are amongst us. But when we start walking on thinking that it's my chair or my pulpit or my lesson or my way, we are walking on dangerous ground. And I would submit to you at that point, we're walking in the same prideful ways that brought Satan down to this land. You may not think that you're prideful, but when you start getting angry... In the back of your mind, rather than praying, you're forgetting who's, choreographer, who's the choreographer. When you start getting angry, rather than, Lord, what would you have me to do? It is easy to, to think of the church as our church, especially when we've done so much maintenance or we've done so much promoting a, a project or when we've ta- done so much in the teaching of God's word. It, it, it's, it, it's easy to get caught in that trap when we want the glory for something that's gone well. When we want the pat on the backs for a successful vacation Bible school or a successful dinner program or, or the, filling the church or a great worship service. I praise God every day and every week that I know when I come on Sunday morning this praise team's going to be here singing because they sound way better than I do. I understand that. And I can lift my heart up to them. That was a little too spectacular of an amen who said that (laughs) I can trust the Lord I can put my focus there what Lucifer did was prideful and that pride angered God and that pride ended up costing him everything folks what I'm trying to say this morning is we need to check ourselves daily we need to remember that when Satan wanted everything his way he got thrown out When Satan wanted everything to go the way he thought it should go, he got in trouble. We need on a daily basis check ourselves and remind ourselves that the fruit of the Spirit, that last part of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. I need to have the self-control not to get angry that somebody's sitting in my chair, but pray that they have a great time in that chair. And Lord, why are you moving me to the other side? Rather than getting angry that, that the things are changing, we should be praying, Lord, I hope this change brings more souls to Jesus Christ. Lord, what would you have me to do? Folks, the challenge this morning, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, is that we need to stop every day and remain humble and remember that we are in this mission together. We are in this ministry together. This is not my pulpit. It's God's pulpit. Therefore, all of us can come and speak. And we are to remember that Christ is the role model. We should be trying to be more Christ-like on a daily basis. We should be seeking His face. What does it mean to be like Christ? If you remember in Philippians chapter 2, I don't know if I gave you this one, honey. Oh, Morgan's not back there, it's Tim. Tim, you're not honey, I promise. (laughs) I should have looked before I spoke. But in Philippians chapter 2, it says, your attitude should be the same as Jesus Christ, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, 
No, he goes on to say, but made himself nothing and taken on the very nature of a servant, chose to be made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself onto the point of death, even obedience unto death, death on a cross. If Jesus himself chose to step out of heaven and in obedience come down and be as a man to carry out the plans of the heavenly father so that he could rebuild that bridge for you and I, if he chose not to do it his way. Remember Jesus in the garden? He said, Father, if there is any other way. But then what did he follow that up with? But yet not my will but thine. When we say, Lord, is there any other way but not thy will, my, my will but thine, then we're right. But if we say, Lord, is there any other way? Because I'm going to start ch- stirring up dissension and I'm going to cause trouble and I'm going to kick my feet and I'm going to... We've just saddled ourselves from Gabriel and Michael to Lucifer and his lot. And that pride will destroy us. That pride would destroy you. Folks... Jesus stepped down out of heaven and he came down here amongst you and I to carry out a plan. He set aside his godhood and took on manhood and he did that so that he could die on the cross for you and I. He did that so that he could carry out the plan that had been set in motion from the beginning. The day that our church, in the sense that we rule over what happens, the day that we start saying it's our church I'm saying, is the day it ceases to be God's church. We should never, ever, ever forget. It's not about the pastor. It's not about anything I can do. This is God's house. When we think of the leadership of the church, it is God who should be in the lead. Both you as an individual and all of us as a body, we all play a part in the body together. And this is God's house. When we start running a different direction... In the rest of the body, we're going to hurt the rest of the body. Uh, 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 Barry's mom, when a part of her body decided to go haywire, it sent the rest of the body as well to the hospital. It's the same thing in the spiritual body. When one of us chooses to run opposite of what God is directing, it can cause ripple effects and hurt others. The great thing is my God's a great physician and he will fix it and he will clean it up. But why not just run with him and say, thank you, Jesus. God, where would you have me to go? What would you have me to do? Folks, angels are real. I believe they have bearing of what's going on around us. In the book of Luke, when we just read those those verses about the the temptations of Jesus, at the end, you know what it says? It says, once Satan left, the angels came and ministered unto him. We've been called to minister unto one another. We're to lift up one another and praise one another. I I, I thank God for great... I won't say her name, but the testimony that she brought this morning, it said, in my 29 years, I have felt more welcome and loved in this church than anywhere else. Hallelujah. That's the way every one of us should be, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. When we quit trying to do things our way and do things his way, his church will grow and flourish and strengthen and pray for one another and worship him and sing songs. And be able to cry out from the bottom of our heart. There ain't no grave that can hold this body down. Why? Because there was no grave that could hold his body down. And if he can walk out, then I can too. Because he chose not his way, but God the Father's way. 
Folks, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're, you don't, you're just hitting the curbs. You're just bouncing all over the place. Only Christ can bring peace and patience into your life. You can try to fill that hole in your heart with all kinds of things. You know, yesterday I was able to go on that motorcycle ride. I was on the bike all day. That was God speaking to me, looking at the sky, listening to the birds. Just watching the hill country, watching the beauty of the Lord. That speaks volumes to me. That's my peace. But that's not my bike and my land that I was riding on. That's God's bike he's blessed me with and allowed me to ride through his creation. And because of that, I can have peace. Where are you this morning? If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't know the Prince of Peace. But he offers his hand to you. He said, if anyone believes I am the Son of God, and I rose again on the third day, and professes that before men, so shall they be saved. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you want to, you can just sell out to him and say, Father, here I am. But it goes against my logical thinking. Thank God I don't serve a logical God because he would have never loved me logically. Anyone who used to know, or some of y'all know me now, say, man, God's got a big sense of humor. But he does love me. And he loves you. If you don't know Jesus, your Lord and Savior, I pray that you accept his hand, his grace today. If you do know him, and you realize, I've been caught in that trap at work. I've been just getting angry about things at work. I've been getting angry about things at church. I've been getting angry about things at home. When in reality... I just need to stop and say, God, it's yours. What would you have me to do? Peace will come back into your life. There's a lot of things that happens that could steal my joy. But I make a choice. I choose to focus on him. And when I do, you know what I do at night? I go home. I lay down. I pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day. And I sleep. Because my peace isn't from here. It's from above. Where are you this morning? I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. If you want to stand, this altar will be open. I pray you'll come to the altar. I'll pray with you. You can pray by yourself. You can grab a brother or sister and pray. If God is speaking to you this day, will you listen? If he's telling you to sing, sing. If he's telling you to pray, pray. If he's telling you to come down and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, hallelujah. I was blessed this morning before Sunday school. Little Abby, Abby's what, about eight? No, six? How old's Abby? Where, where's Ian? Four. Four. She's only four. And she come and share, said, Pastor Frank, Pastor Frank. And I looked down and she shared her memory verse from Vacation Bible School eloquently. I said, thank you, Jesus. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. It's not my Vacation Bible School. It's not my ministry. It's his. And look what he's doing in the children. And what did he say? You better not get in the way of the children for the angels that are in their presence are in the presence of God in heaven. Hallelujah. I think we got a check mark there. And she, he was uh, telling us through her. Where are you this morning? Are you ready for prayer? Are you ready to sit, sit, put your heart in his hands? I pray so. As we pray. Father God, I come before you this morning. I thank you for this opportunity that you've given us. I pray that we will seek out your direction and your face. And God, I pray that if there's one here today that does not know you, when that, when that trumpet sounds, if they do not know you,
They're destined to a devil's hell. And they would have wished that grave held their body down. Father, I pray your will to be done in your hearts of your people this day. And I just pray that we will do what you called us to do. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. As we sing this morning, if God's speaking to you, will you listen? Will you heed his words today? As we sing. Come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come broken hearted, let rest you begin. Come find your mercy, O sinner, come near. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burdens, lay down your Know who are broken, lift up your face, wanderer, come home, you're not too far. Yo 
God's been speaking to you and you have not chosen that grace and that mercy that he so offers for whatever reason. Maybe you're saying, I got too much I got to take care of. My God can dig deeper and into more than you could have ever dug yourself out of. Just look up now and he'll reach in and grab your hand. But you have to trust him to wash you and pull you out. It's your choice this morning. I'm going to ask you to sit for just one more minute. And if God's still working with you, catch me after the service. We're going to go make a couple of hospital visits and such to Barry's mom and my mom. But, that, but if God is working on you and you are ready to accept Christ, please, that takes priority. Come see one of us. But before we close this morning, Robert, Teresa. Robert and Teresa are coming this morning. How you like that? I may just call you out of the crowd. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stand here in front of me, guys. Robert and Teresa are coming this morning. Y'all can look to one another. You've been married long enough. You can hold her hand. (laughs) They've come in this morning, and they're holding hands. They're looking on each other, and they're focusing on each other because they want to renew their vows this morning in front of their church family. And so they're going to renew their vows together. When you guys first joined hands many years ago, you didn't know where it was going to lead, I'm sure. However, look where we're at today. Look where we are, and your family is here. And, you know, it's not that like y'all, but y'all bring Chloe every week, so we're good. (laughs) Amen, seriously. Life has brought you both wonderful blessings and trials, but you've made them through, and here you are today. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put forth the, the vows, a new vow, a new pledge to each other. You've obviously been upholding the vows that you made all those many years ago, the vow to, to stick one with another, your promises one to another, and you've chosen to do that for each other, and you're still here today and saying in front of all these witnesses, you want to do it again, that you, would re- that you would marry one another again. So what I want you to do is repeat this after me. Are you ready? Yeah. You sure? Because the doors are still there. Oh, never mind. It's too late. You're already married. <laughs> Seriously. I am proud to marry you again. Say that to her. I'm proud to marry you again. I promise to wipe away your tears. I promise to wipe away your tears. With my laughter. With my laughter. And with my caring and compassion. And with my caring and compassion. I will clean the old canvas of our lives. I will clean the old canvas of our lives. And let, let God fill them with new colors. And let God fill them with new colors. I give myself to you. I promise to love you always. I promise to love you always. And I promise from this day forth. And I promise from this day forth. To continue my promise. To continue my promise. And be your faithful partner. Be your faithful partner. Amen. Now, Teresa, I want you to do in like manner back back to Robert. I am proud to marry you again. I'm proud to marry you again. And she said in front of people. (laughs) (laughs) What was that about lying at the uh oh. I promise to wipe away your tears. With my laughter. With my laughter. And then with my caring and compassion. I will clean off the old canvas of our lives. And let God fill them with new colors. I give myself to you. And I promise to love you always. 
And from this day forward, I will promise to be your faithful partner. I now can say that you are renewed and rededicated one to another in marriage. You may kiss your bride again. Father God, I do lift up this couple to you, and I just ask you be with Robert and Teresa, and may they have many more years one with another. May they enjoy their grandchildren and just continue to grow together and continue to focus on you. It is you that has bound them together, and it is you that will keep them together. May thy will be done, Lord. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Congratulations. Now you have to take her out to eat. You, you know they had a kiss cam at church, did you? Amen. Let's all stand one more time. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. Keep looking up in all that you say and you do. And guys, give God the glory. Everywhere you go, just continue to give God the glory. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, Brother Matt, you close us in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day to come, to, uh, come together to uh, worship you and offer up these praises to you, Lord. Uh, we just ask for uh, boldness when we're out in the world to share you with others. Uh, safe journeys for everybody here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Roaring, he's 
He's roaring, he's roaring like a lion. He's roaring, he's roaring. Let heaven roar and fire fall. Come shake the ground with the sound of revival. Heaven roll and fire fall. Come shake the ground with the sound of revival. Let heaven roll and fire fall. Come shake the ground with the sound of revival. God's not dead, he's surely alive, he's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. God's not dead, he's surely alive, he's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. God's not dead, he's surely alive, he's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. God's not dead, he's surely alive, he's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. He's roaring, he's roaring like a lion. He's roaring, he's roaring, he's roaring like a 